0: my boogie
1: absolute sports betting degeneracy hey
0: everybody arch here and we are back you're getting a double dose of james and mason on a thursday what the fuck is going on james what are we doing here
2: i genuinely feel sorry for the blokes having to or for the ladies and gentlemen having to listen to mason twice in one day but uh, <laughs> no here we are the festival of football starts tomorrow night and i genuinely cannot wait for it uh, for those who don't know that's the european championships and for all of the football fans across the european nations i mean this is probably one of the biggest major international tournaments out there behind the world cup obviously and you can tell why we're excited because it was obviously supposed to happen last year and for some reason those uh, the blimmin' corrupt companies haven't changed it to year 2021, but we move. Um, but yeah, it obviously all kicks off tomorrow night. And because of all the pandemic and everything that went on, with the sports and organizations closing and reopening and all that, it's nice to have that summer of football back once again. So yeah, you can tell why I'm over the roof with this one.
0: Mm-hmm. Mason, I assume you're pumped as well.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. And go- going back to James's comment, I've been off for a couple of weeks, so I thought I'd give the people what they want, extra go. <laughs>
0: you're catching up you're catching up yeah people need their mason indeed all right so i don't know how you want to do it i, I figured we'll just start at each group let's give us our thoughts on who's going to win mm-hmm. so group a james turkey italy wales switzerland
2: um i'm probably going to back italy on this one to win the group because i'm I'm looking forward to it they are they will be one of the dark horses of this tournament because you look at italy in the past They've they've sort of been over they've underachieved in recent times and um they've got Roberto Mancini in their ranks their ex Manchester City manager and this is a different Italy you look at their team when they won the World Cup in 2006 I've got a very soft spot for that team they're very defensive minded with the likes of Materazzi uh, Zambrotto who's just impressed on a global scale but now they've improved greatly and obviously they're not the team they once were but i think they will certainly be ones to watch in the, the whole tournament and with regards to group a i i genuinely can see them winning it so my message to all those fans you know potentially not back in italy in this one i'd back them because don't expect that the boring defensive azuria of the past because you're not going to get that you know forget all the old stereotypes successful Zeri teams of the the last years were known for their uncompromising A-list defenders to think of such as Fabio Cannavaro, Maldini, Baresi, and up top they had the strikers like Filippo Nzaghi Roberto Baggio and Totti get, to get the job done but now this is Mancini's era and can he sort of following his strength and depth, you know, he's got the likes of Nico Barella and PSG's Marco Verratti, Manuel Locatelli and Pellegrini, but it was very touch and go. I think he's just been ruled out recently, but I think whichever trio ends up starting it's going to be key. I think it'll be a 4-3-3 formation. Then midfield will probably be the main focal point of that team and it's going to be very interesting to watch. I mean, it's going to be very proactive instead of reactive for the Italy like in the past and Obviously, you've got the big names still like Leo Bonucci and Giorgio Chiellini at the back, but expect the midfielders such as Barella and Locatelli to get the job done. They've got a star-studded man in Federico Chiesa up top, who may be one of their sort of superstar strikers and superstar wingers in the years to come because he's still only uh, young, still only twenty-two, twenty-three. And when you look at Group A. Turkey will probably be the underdogs. I think out of the whole story and out of the whole groups, I think Turkey will be the real dark horse to this tournament. I expect Italy to go on and win the group. But when it comes to potentially winning the whole tournament, I'm saying Italy has dark horses. But to shock a few and raise a few eyebrows, I'm saying Turkey because... They've got a, a very solid squad. When you look at Burak Yilmaz of uh, Lille, who was their top goal scorer this season, they won the Liga. And they've got Yashi in midfield who can create um, and put the ball in the six punts and set up his teammate in Burak Yilmaz. They've got a solid defence in Lost- Leicester's Soyuncu. I'm going to go for Italy to finish the group top. Switzerland second, Turkey third, Wales uh, uh, fourth. With Switzerland, they've got very... A very very good squad and strength in depth when you look at Nico Elvedi at the back it's going to be he's going to be the sort of the anchor man at the back if he can sort of play out from the back and keep the goals out then they'll probably end up scoring a fair few as well because Elvedi he's going to be key when it comes to transitioning from defense to attack he's got a very good eye for a pass and we've seen Switzerland bag a couple of uh, surprising results over the last couple of years or so and on their day they're very tough but the Wales potentially fulfilling that underdog role kind of helps them in a way, but for the Welsh it's going to be the group of death because they don't have their their manager and Ryan Giggs who's got the uh, ongoing legal pursuits going and that sort of disrupts the camp a bit. But if Gareth Bell's performing for Wales, they're capable of achieving anything. But I'm afraid this year this won't be their year. So I'm probably going to bat Italy, Switzerland, and Turkey to potentially go through on this one. All right, Mason.
0: Group A. Who do you
2: like?
3: Um, well, I agree with James. I think Italy's going to win it. I think. To be fair, like he said, they're not the squad they once was. They don't have the players that they used to have, but they still have some very experienced guys in Chiellini and Benucci. But in terms of second, I'm not sure. It's either Switzerland for two ter- or Turkey, I think, for me. And I'm, I'm going to say... Turkey, I think, I think it's ju- I think it's going to be a- close. I think whoever wins the game out of Switzerland and Turkey is going to be second place, and I think Italy w- wins each of their three group stage matches and tops the group.
0: No, no surprise. Italy's minus one eighty eight to win the group. Everyone else is catching a plus line. There's a bet at some books that will they qualify, and Turkey and Switzerland are both minus one seventy five. That's not not too chalky for two teams you're pretty sure are going to take it. So maybe throw a little bit of money on just Turkey-Switzerland to qualify?
2: Yeah, no, 100%. 100%, Because the benefit factor for these teams is that out of all the the groups you see on your screen now, of all the six groups, four out of the six best third-place teams go through. And in recent past, that wasn't the case. But because they want to expand the tournament and expand the knockout phase, there's an opportunity for the third-place teams to go through and push on.
0: Uh, so Wales, sorry. <laughs> you're out.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a rivalry between us Welsh. It's not, per- well, I say it's not personal. It is bloody personal with the Welsh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we are going to Group B. James, who's going to win Group B? Uh,
2: Belgium by a landslide, if I'm going to be honest with really? you. And if you're, sorry?
0: Really? By a landslide?
2: Yeah, 100%. It's going to be, it's not even going to be close. I mean here's one for the betters I think Romelu Lukaku will probably be one of the top goal scorers of the tournament and if you want to stick some money on Romelu Lukaku being top goal scorer it will thoroughly be worth your while Uh, Belgium will walk the group and it's just a case of who will finish runner-up between Denmark or uh, Russia uh, or Russia yeah because they hosted the World Cup in 2018 Russia and they got to the quarterfinals and I think a lot of people were very surprised by that and they were accusing them of taking that performance enhancing drugs because if you saw some of their performances, I mean, <laughs> they, I was a bit skeptical myself. So you look at the Danes, they've got a very solid squad from sort of up top to the defense. They've got uh, lester's Kasper Schmeichel in goal. Vestergaard, Christensen, uh, Anderson at the back, and in midfield, they've got a very tidy midfield in Christian Eriksen, Thomas Delaney, and Pierre Hoiberg. I think Jonas Wind up top for Denmark is going to do them the job. I know they're probably going to look towards Yusuf Olsen and Barcelona's Martin Braithway up top. But Jonas Wind of uh, Copenhagen, he's 22, and he's bad a couple of goals already for their national team. I think the the one thing that they've got going for them is... Denmark will play all of their group stage games at home. And I know they probably won't have fans for the majority of it, but because they don't have to travel all over Europe, they've got their home uh, crowd and home stadium in in Copenhagen. That's going to pay dividends for them because as I said, Belgium are probably going to walk it, but it's going to be a close second between Denmark and Russia Mm. and having that home advantage will benefit the Danes. So I'm probably going to go Belgium, Denmark and Russia and Finland to finish bottom because Finland they're probably they're going to rely on uh, Timo Pukki of Norwich to get the jobs done and they're probably surprised they're even here the Finns so they're probably going to try and make the most out of it try and shake a few heads shock a few people but I can't see that happening with Belgium the talent they've got up top with Eden Hazard Romelu Lukaku Kevin De Bruyne and their solid defence, and their solid keeper, Debo Courtois, they could be favourites um, to go all the way, so I can see them only, I only see them winning their group, to be honest, very clearly.
0: All right. Mason, Group B, man. What do you got?
3: I've got Belgium again by landslide. I think they're going to win each of the games that they're playing against all Denmark, fin- Finland, and Russia. And to be fair, second place, I don't know. It, similar to the group before, I think the winner of... Denmark and Russia. If there is a winner, is going to be second place, and I've got a feeling Russia might get there. So, I'm I'm going to say Bel- Belgium, Russia, Denmark, or Finland. Russia.
2: Oh God! You, well, they've got such an Asian squad. Do you not? You're not back in the Danes to get it done.
3: Don't sleep on the old guys. Don't sleep
2: on the old guys. I mean, I know they've got Juba up top and they've got great creative midfielders and Sherishev and uh, Golovin, but you cannot bat uh, you can't go against the Danes. I mean, on their day they're very tough for for all sorts. They've given us a good game recently, so that's your opinion, mate. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> we'll leave that for off screen.
0: Couple couple questions real quick about this. It's called the Euros. And there's Russia. <laughs>
2: i'm afraid so okay 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 let's let's not get started oh
0: okay okay all right so this intrigues me because italy like we said was minus 188 but belgium's only minus 138 and you think there's probably i mean you think belgium's a landslide a lock we're getting better value here
2: yeah, there is. There's certainly value on the Belgium, um, on the Great Belgium side. But with the Danes, they could surprise a few people, and they will probably give Belgium their toughest test in the group stage. But ultimately, they'll probably squeak through this one. All
0: right. Well, we're kind of seeing that here. L- looking at to mm. qu- qualify, Belgium's minus one thirty eight to win the group, but to qualify, yep. just to qualify, they're minus twelve hundred. Yeah, they're expected to. They're expected to to take care of business, but they're only getting minus 138 to win. So maybe a little danger on Belgium.
2: It will be a failure. It will go down as a failure if they didn't go through. And I'm, like I said there with the Danes from sort of top to bottom, it's very jam packed and yeah. we're filled with talented players within their ranks. But like I said, they'll probably shake a few heads and cause a few upsets in this tournament because as I alluded to there, a lot of their games are playing, being played in Copenhagen. And as you see on your screen there, uh, June 29th, they've also got, they could potentially host a knockout great game. So, mm. They could pay dividends having the home advantage, but again, I'm only looking towards Belgium to finish top on this one.
0: Your boy Romello to be the top goal scorer. Plus, yep, plus that would be a shout. Plus 650. A lot, 650. Of, a, a lot of value there. Yep.
2: Mm. Yeah, not bad. I keep an eye on that one, son. <laughs> okay, we will do. All right, we're going to Group C. Group C. This this is a very interesting group because you look at the the great Dutch team of her past with the likes of Ruud Hullet, Van Bassen. They were a joy to watch when they won it back in the eighties. But now it's a very different it's a very different team. An unfortunate turn of events over the last couple of years where they failed to qualify for tournaments. They weren't in Russia 2018, but they're back now. And they've got a bang average squad on paper, I think. And unfortunately, they will miss Donny van der Beek who was recently ruled out with an injury who will be a big miss and going into this one, their star center back in Virgil van Dijk will not be playing as well because he spent the whole season out injured because he picked up a game, uh, an injury against Everton for Liverpool. So he will not be partaking in this tournament. And, I think his absence and Van der Beek's absence will probably sort of spring life into Ukraine and Austria. You know, that'll probably give them a bit more hope. But even then, Holland have got a bang average team. They've got Ryan Graven, off ice, Frankie De Jong, who will be key in their midfield, and uh, Donnyal Marlin up top. If they decide to play him over Memphis Depay, we'll wait and see because Donnyal Marlin he's 22 years of age. He's a very young centre forward who's very uh, both very equipped with both feet. He knows where the back of the net is and I can see them finishing top, but between Ukraine and Austria, it's probably going to be a battle for second. And I think with Ukraine, they're probably going to look towards Roman Yaranchuk uh, in this one, 25-year-old striker who's netted four times and qualifying. He was very impressive for Ghent over the last couple of years. I think he scored 47 goals. So they'll look towards him with Austria. I think all eyes are probably going to be in, uh, beyond David Alabav. Bayern Munich who's recently moved to Real Madrid he's their best player he's their captain but I think Christoph uh, Baumgartner will go under the radar he's a very creative midfielder he knows how to put the ball in the six points he will feed the strikers and I think Austria may sort of shock a few people in that group. And you look at North Macedonia, <laughs> boy, where to begin? I, mean, I can't see them doing well. <laughs> They'll probably be like the filling. I think one thing they've got going for them is Goran Pandev. as I spoke to Mason yesterday. He's an experienced veteran of the game. He's won the Champions League with Inter. He's been at the top of the, the sort of pile for the last couple of years or so, past decade, but now he's aging. They're probably going to have to rely on him to get the job done. I genuinely can't see it happening. So I'm probably going to go Holland top, um, Ukraine second and Austria
3: third.
0: Okay. Mason, you on board?
3: Uh, Not exactly. I do believe (laughs) Holland (laughs) is going to finish top. Obviously, like James said, it's not the same squad as they've seen in the past couple of years. But I do think they have the power to get it done in each of their games. But North Macedonia, I don't think you should be sleeping on them. I think they're going to come second. <laughs> to are you, fu- are you, are
0: you shitting me or no?
3: No, I'm, I'm not. I said yesterday on the podcast. Oh, my God. Said, God me a second. We've see, we seen in, I think, one or two games ago for North Macedonia, they mm. defeated Germany. And obviously, I know Germany aren't what they were. When they won the world cup back in 2014 but still for north macedonia that that was big for them and to be honest i'm, I'm gonna say netherlands north macedonia austria ukraine
0: austria all right there we go i'm glad austria got in because you know when nobody wants another pissed off austrian you know <laughs> things don't go well <laughs> all right man north macedonia is the only one catching a plus line right to qualify plus 250 uh, just to qualify so there's some value there i think maybe yeah. if mason's right All right, we are looking at Group D. James, who do you got? Oh, oh, yeah. Who the fuck do you? Okay, never, never mind.
2: You know what's happening here, boys. It's coming home. Um, <laughs> now, the problem is with this one with England. The the one question is is can they answer the hype? I mean, they've got a very tough group in Croatia, Scotland, and Czech Republic. And as I said, can they answer the hype? And you look at Gareth Southgate, he took charge of the national team when we were in a desperate state. I mean, in the year of 2016, we were humiliated by Iceland and immediately after we parted ways with Roy Hodgson. And the 2018 World Cup gave us a little bit of hope. And going into this one, 15 out of the 26-man tournament have no senior tournament experience, which sort of worries me a bit. But... The selections of uh, Drew Bellingham and Bakaio Saka, 17 and 19 respectively, sort of epitomize Southgate's commitment to youth over experience, but more is demanded of the group now. I know they're inexperienced. This is probably the closest thing we'll have now to a home tournament because, Majority of our games we played at Wembley, and the last time we hosted a tournament was back in Euro twenty uh, Euro nineteen ninety six, when we got to the semi final. And preparation for the tournament hasn't been ideal. We've had injuries to key players, including Harry Maguire and Jordan Henderson. And I know Harry Maguire just sort of gone back into training today. For Liverpool fullback Trent Alexander Arnold was forced out of the tournament through an injury on Thursday. Yeah. Jack Grealish has been managing a shin problem and Calvin Phillips has been hampered by uh, shoulder issues. So it really will be a tough one for this one. I think the question marks are probably be, will probably be about our defense, particularly against the top sides, because besides Carrie Kane, (laughs) it's going to pay me and it's going to feel weird saying this, but I think Harry Maguire will be integral to our team because if you take Harry Maguire out of our team, we are screwed at the back. John stones cam is a sort of a liability waiting to happen. He's got a mistake in him or two, but if you partner him partner him next to Harry Maguire, then that sort of that adds to that solidity at the back. But we're expected to probably win the group. Harry Kane, again, if you want to stick a pun on who will win top goal scorer, Harry Kane is certainly up there. He won the golden boot, uh, World Cup 2018, the last major tournament. And we've just got such an attacking threat in terms of Harry Kane, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, Jadon Sancho, Jack Grealish, uh, Mason Mount. The list goes on, and we have to sort of finish the top uh, top of the group because if we don't finish top, and we finish the second or third, that does not play into our hands whatsoever. So we have to go out and get the job done. I suspect we'll probably play a four three three or four two three one shape because. Southgate has to make the most out of our attack because our defense besides Reese James Ben Chilwell it's pretty bang average with Harry Maguire and John Stones and Jordan Pickford in goal but our attack is where we're going to sort of pay dividends and if we stand a chance of winning the Euros we have to get the best out of Harry Kane, Phil Foden and on our day we can probably do anyone and you look at Croatia that's our opening game on Sunday and that's probably going to be the games to uh, the, one of the games to watch in the group stage because England versus Croatia It's our first game and I think we're sort of second favourites to win it so there's going to be a lot of pressure to beat Croatia. We've got a stacked midfield even though they are an Asian team you look at Luka Modric is around 34 35 now they're not the team they once were they beat us in the World Cup in the semi-finals but a lot of those players are gone now now's our chance to get revenge and get redemption and beat the Croats when you look at Scotland again England versus Scotland arch. <laughs> I mean if you're a true Brit and I know you're not but if you were a Brit and you were a proud Englishman you know how much of a rivalry England versus Scotland is we have to do the jocks in our own backyard we simply have to there's no excuse they, they've they got a very good team filled with Premier League players but we should do them on paper when you look at Czech Republic they've got a very strong side and many people have laughed them off and I look at it they've got Thomas Oczek Vasilic uh, Kufa at the back and Patrick Schick at top who can do the job and many people will see Scotland in Czech Republic Republic as the easy teams in the group, but there'll be ones to watch, certainly, from my opinion. I think for England it's not as plain sailing as people make it out to be. But I suspect we'll finish top, Croatia second, Czech Republic third, and I think the Jops, those bloody Scots will finish
3: bottom and I cannot
2: be more happier.
0: <laughs> Mason, what about you?
3: Well, I agree. I think England's gonna well, I think England's gonna top the group. I think Sunday with our game against Croatia is gonna be the Game to watch well, one of them to watch in the group stage, and I've, I think I, I don't, I don't know, I don't think we'll lose it, but I, I don't know which way. It depends how Gareth Southgate sets out the team. Whether he more defensive, but I think he should go attacking in this tournament and just prove the players we've got because we've got the attacking players for it: Jadon Sancho, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Phil Foden, and it proves we have got the players to do it. So. I, f- I think I think we should finish top in this group. If we don't, then it will be a bit of a letdown. But football's coming all March. In- England, <laughs> England, Croatia, Czech Republic, and Scotland. I'm not even gonna begin to talk about the Scotland game because we we, we know how it's going to go. But I'll keep that one there.
0: All right. Yeah. So you guys both agree on that card. That's good. Yeah. I love England, especially versus Scotland. I remember watching Braveheart. I was rooting for England to uh, to take care <laughs> of everything. So. Uh, group
2: E, who do you like? This this is a real tough one. Obviously, you've got Spain, Sweden, Poland, Slovakia. And I know you look at the great Spanish team over the last decade or so, you'd expect them to walk the group. But... Spain's lead into the, the Euros could not have gone much worse. Their captain, Sergio Busquets, is isolating at home after testing positive for COVID, oh. leaving the rest of the squad in quarantine and unable to train together just days before their opening game against Sweden. And their preparation, again, they had a friendly against Lithuania a couple of days ago. I think it was yesterday, actually. And just to sort of take things into precaution, they fielded an under-21s team not their senior squad. So there's been a bit of unrest in the camp. Um, Prior to that, coach Luis Enrique's 24 squad list had already enraged across the nation because Sergio Ramos was uh, not called up to the squad. I know he's unfit and he's getting on a bit, but you look at Sergio Ramos, he's won World Cups and European Championships with Spain over the last couple of years. They need someone of his sort of calibre and his experience to get the job done. Um, Again, the coach doesn't seem to have settled on the starting 11 yet because there are doubts over the goalkeeping situation. Uh, Unai Simon was picked ahead of David De Gea and Brighton's Robin's, Robert Sanchez played against Portugal, but looked nervous at times. So it just sort of raises questions uh, over the likes of the goalkeeping situation. And up top is Alvaro Morata the right man to sort of score because he's very goal shy right now. Look at Jairo Moreno, who's probably attempting alternative, and Marcus Lorente has been informed for Atletico Madrid, so I think he'll squeeze into the team. But when you look at the Spanish side, I know they won sort of six nil in the Nations League of Germany back in November, but I think too often Luis, Luis Enrique's Spain have suffered from a familiar lack of cutting edge, and it could doom them again this summer because obviously what's happened and what's gone on in COVID. But if everything's fine, I think they'll top the group if they can sort of get their football going, but that unrest in the camp does sort of bode the question, do they have it in them? Sweden, going into this one, I would have fancied them in that group because uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, the the great king of Sweden, was potentially going to be in the squad, but he was ruled out with an injury a couple of weeks before, which is a real shame because when Zlatan Ibrahimovic is performing to his potential my God, no one's stopping him. But now they're probably going to look towards Alexander Isaac again. Another tall, lanky, Swiss, uh, Swedish striker up top who applies his trade in Real Sociedad in Spain. So they're going to rely on him to get the job done. And you look at Poland, I mean, it's probably, they've got a good midfield and good defence and a good keeper, Wojciech Szczesny. If they've got any chance of getting out of the group stage, they're going to rely on Robert Lewandowski to get the job done. I mean, in my opinion, Robert Lewandowski is the best striker in the world right now. I know he can certainly help Poland fulfill their potential going into the knockout phases of this stage. Slovakia, I, I don't think many people expect much of them. They've got Mark Hamzik, who will probably run the show in midfield and may sort of cause a few surprises, but I think they'll finish bottom. Ultimately, I'm probably going to go for Spain, Poland, now Sweden
3: third, and Slovakia fourth.
0: All right, Mason. What about you?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm on the same with James there. I think I think I think we've got it exactly the same here. I've got Spain, Poland, Sweden, and Slovakia as well. I think if Sweden had Zlatan Ibrahimovic, they could maybe have got second, maybe maybe third, but obviously with Ibrahimovic being ruled out, it, I don't see that happening. I think Spain and Poland is gonna be a good game when them two face off. I think the winner of that will be the group winner and I think Spain will just come out on top. I think Poland will beat Slovakia and Sweden, so yeah spain poland sweden and slovakia for me
0: no no surprise there sweden's minus 300 to win yeah they look like they're going to win poland's minus 250 to qualify uh spain's minus 2500 to qualify sweden's minus 225 to qualify slovakia's plus 162 to qualify so it looks to be it looks like the books agree with you guys all right group f this is it
2: the group of death, honestly, this is probably, well, I say probably this will be the group to watch mm-hmm. over the summer. I do feel a lot for Hungary. With France, can they make history with the second double-double? And what I mean by that is they did it back in 2000 and 1998, whereby they won the World Cup and they won the European Championships. They won the World Cup in 2018. They're the holders of the World Cup. Can they win the World Cup uh, the Euros in 2021? That's a big question and they could be the first country to achieve the double-double twice. None of their rivals have done it and When you look at their great team from 19, I've got a soft spot for the, the French back in 1998. That team was simply sensational. When you look at the team, there are similarities between the team in 1998 and 2000. And in this group, anchored by Antoine Griezmann, Paul Pogba and beyond them, the Kylian Mbappe generation. And Didier Deschamps is the common thread. And Les Blues have never looked so strong right now. And, I'm fairly looking forward to this one. There are doubts with uh, Karim Benzema. I think from what I've seen this morning, he should be fine. <laughs> when I looked at their team before Karim Benzema was named in the squad, I thought they would, they will probably go on and win it, but there are teams who can certainly get the better of them. But now that they've added Karim Benzema to their ranks, it just takes them that whole nother level. And no other team at the Euros has this much talent up front. There's a bit of everything. You've got pace, efficiency, power, skill, strength, height, intelligence just literally everything. Mbappe in this team is what Thierry Henry was back in 1998. Karim Benzema plays like an, uh, Nicolas Anelka back in the day, a goal scorer who likes to drop deep and organise play. Antoine Griezmann is a bit of everyone in that team. Olivier Giroud is like David Trezeguet, a poacher and a box player. And then off the bench you could bring the likes of Usman Dembele, Kingsley Kerman and Wissam Banyeda just to sort of add that speed and close control and more goals to the game and They've got my boy in midfield. They've got N'Golo Kante and who put in a man-of-the-match performance in the Champions League final against Manchester City. And as of right now, he is probably the best player in his position in the world right now. He brings so much to this team in terms of effort, work rate, intelligent in defence or attack. And his partnership for, with Paul Pobble will be key for the French in doing well as it was in 2018. And I know in 2016, the French were favourites to win the Euros because it was on home soil. But ultimately, they lost in the final against Portugal. I think now this is their time. This really has to be their time because they've got such a strong squad. You look at Portugal, they are the holders of the tournament. And they could be one to watch as well. And I think finally, I know going into this one, as I said, they're holders. But finally now, Cristiano Ronaldo has a genuine supporting cast over the last couple of years, we've seen Ronaldo single-handedly win games by himself and 10 games by the scruff of the neck. And it's gone either way. Sometimes it's worked tremendously well and others it's just fallen short. You look at their team in the year 2016 when they won it, it's literally Cristiano Ronaldo FC. And when it comes to top goal scores in this tournament, I'd stick a couple of quid in Cristiano Ronaldo because he's got two tournaments left and he tends to step up on the big occasion. And I will give... Cristiano Ronaldo, his dues, because when that man plays t- to his full capacity, there's no one stopping him. And the emergence of Liverpool's Diego Jota and João Felix since Portugal last won it has given them greater options in attack, with Frankfurt's Andre Silva, another capable threat. In midfield, they've got Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes, who offer creativity and goals. So any opponent believing that stopping Cristiano Ronaldo is the key to victory you know, they've got another thing coming from because like I said, they've got Bernardo Silva and Bruno Fernandes at any point. I think it's going to be a tough, tough, tough time for coach Santos to sort of fit them all in. They've got a solid defense, although they've got an ageing defense. That's what I've noticed. They've from top to bottom. It's very stacked. Apart from Ruben Diaz at the back, they've got Pepe, who's 38 years of age and who can be a bit of a liability at the back. They've got Rafael Guerrero, Rui Patricio in net, who can do the job. So it'll be interesting to see how well Portugal do this tournament. With Germany, this is Love's final tournament, and it could go either way. I mean, their campaign promises to be one of the extremes, either a triumphant departure for the outgoing manager who's leaving after the Euros, or it'll be... An unmitigated disaster because they're in a group with France and Portugal and Hungary with the latter, sadly, <laughs> without the Brazilian, uh, the brill- brilliant Dominic Chabosle who is injured. So if they had Dominic Shabosley Hungary, I would have given them a bit of a chance, but there's no chance for Hungary in this one with Germany. They'll have to show remarkable improvement if they are to finish top of group F because you look at them in the world cup 2018, they got knocked out in the group stage. This year, they've suffered some humiliating defeats: The 6-0 hammer into Spain, along with the 2-1 defeat to North Macedonia, which was probably one of Germany's worst, you know, results in their history. And you look at their team now, the spine of the team comes from Bayern Munich with Nikola Sula, Joshua Kimmich, uh, Manuel Neuer, Thomas Müller, Serge Gnabry and Leo Soni. They're all likely to start, and you've got Mats Hummels, and Thomas Miller are back in the squad who were exiled after the 2018 World Cup. But they picked themselves, but then it sort of gets a bit, little bit complicated. I think Lowe will have to rely on space for one of the several midfielders in Leon Goretzka, Kai Havertz, Ilkay Gundogan, Neuhaus and uh, Tony Kroos. So there is potential with that Germany squad, but I think up top is where they really lack because they've got my boy Timo Werner up top, who has been struggling for confidence this season. Uh, They've got Leroy Sane and Gnabry, who are out of form, and they're probably going to play them up top, Joachim Love, which is, uh, I'm in total disagreement with that. They're two natural wingers. So if you're playing them up top, it's all got the recipe for disaster in this one. So I think with Germany, like I said, it could go either two ways. So I'm expecting the French to top the
3: group, Portugal to finish second, Germany to finish third, and Hungary to finish fourth.
0: All right. Mason, what about you?
3: I think we're in total agreement on this one as well. I think France is going to win this group. I think that they are probably going to win the tournament if England don't. Um, that, that's who I'd put my money on anyway. But Germany and Portugal, obviously. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. Like James said, Germany suffered two big defeats. Obviously, the 6-0 to Spain and then the embarrassing 2-1 defeat to North Macedonia. And I think Portugal, Portugal is going to be able to... <laughs> get the job done over Germany, I think. They've got Cristiano Ronaldo and, like James said, we've seen over the past couple of years, Cristiano's been able to win games on his own single-handedly. And also in midfield, they've got some very good guys as well. Also in defence, they've got Ruben Diaz, Pepe, although Pepe is ageing and can be a liability sometimes. I'm I'm sure he, well, I do know he could turn out for this tournament. But, yeah, I'm going to say France, Portugal, Germany, Hungary as well.
0: All right, gotcha, gotcha. So, did you want to? Um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about who's going to win it all? Do you want to talk about which third place teams are going to get in? Or
3: we'll talk about the water if you want.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Who's going to win the whole damn thing, James?
2: Well, as I alluded to, there you saw me like a couple minutes ago, creaming over the French. I mean, when England ultimately surprised us all, or well, I say don't surprise us all when we get knocked out early on. <laughs> When we're wiping away our tears, we've probably got to sugarcoat things and realise and wake up and smell the coffee to see French are probably going to go out and win it. And like I said, I've spent the last couple of minutes creaming over the French. I see comparisons with their 1998 and their Euro 2000 winning team. From top to bottom, it's great. Maybe in their squad, there's a bit of players who have got a bit of an ego, but I think Deschamps will sort of control that unrest in the camp from top to bottom they're just brilliant with Hugo Lewis in goal Rafa Varane at the back with the likes of Kimpembe Hernandez who all can get the job done in midfield. They've got Kante Pogba. You've got Griezmann, Mbappe, Giroud, Benzema as well. And I think their star-sided name to ultimately get the job done. I think with England, listen, when you look at the proceedings and if they finish top of the group, they will play Portugal who are the runners up of group F who we predicted. Now, if we can get through Portugal, I think the rest of the the quarterfinals and the semi-final will be plain sailing. We'll face some easier competition. We've just got to get through Portugal. and uh, I think if we can keep Ronaldo at bay, um, then maybe we could get the job done because we know how to control the likes of Bernardo Silva and uh, João Felix and Bruno Fernandes because the majority of them play in the Premier League and the majority of them will be teammates. So they know how to stop. One an earther's game. And if hurricanes on form, then we can definitely get go all the way. But as much as I want England to win, one thing they've got going for them is pretty much, as I said, essentially it's a home tournament. We can play our group uh, knockout phase in the round of 16 at home in London. And I think our next win, if we go through to the quarterfinal, either being... Uh, Munich or Rome at the top of my head, and then the semi finals are both in London and as well as the final being in London. Hopefully, we might have some fans back in by then. And if that's the case, and we're in the semi finals or the quarters with fans, that's only going to pay dividends for us because, as I said, it's essentially a home tournament. We've got fans behind our backs, sort of supporting us through the 90 minutes, just sort of giving that extra drive they need. As much as I want England to win it, I just don't know. But my heart says France. Well, I say my heart says France, my head says France as well, but ultimately <laughs> what I want is my heart to say England, but
3: I just can't see it happening. So I'm probably going to back Le Bleu on this one. All
2: right,
0: Mason, who's going to win the whole damn
2: thing?
3: i have probably come down with the football fever. It's coming all March. Oh, it, gosh. England's getting it done. But if I was to put money on it, I, w- I would agree with James and say France as well, but I've got to back England, but I do think France have the best chance out of everyone <laughs> well yeah, looking- listen Southgate will
2: yeah. bottle it Southgate will bottle it obviously he's England's manager he will try and sort of. we call him Safegate over here and what I mean by that is he tends to sort of set up defensively and very conservative like very boring and very bland football. And I just, I can't see us going all the way. And I think against a bigger team, we're really going to struggle as much as I want. I think England could win if we didn't have Southgate at the realm and at the, in the dugout for this one. So I'm sorry, Mason. I could say that. I think if we win against Croatia, which we probably will, I'll probably be on the drinks and probably chanting, is coming home, and not caring the world, but who knows? <laughs>
0: Well, with the the odds the way they are, France is plus 450, England's plus 500. Those are the top two teams. You could bet bet both. You can bet both. uh, Off the top of my head, if you throw $100 down, you're going to get like 185 back. So Hmm. you could bet both England and France and be safe. (laughs) All right. So that's it. We've got the Euros all figured out. We know who's going to win. We know who's going to be the top goal scorer. Uh, you've got all the f- one through three picks. So this will be interesting hmm. to see. We'll probably have to talk more often as the games you know are actually happening and see who you like each individual game.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent. That'll be interesting to do. And I'm fairly up for it. I think the first game is tomorrow night between Italy and Turkey at the top of my head. So it all kicks off tomorrow evening and the f- month festival of football begins. So I'm all for it. <laughs> it's all coming right.
0: home. All right. It's coming home. There you go. Mason, any final thoughts?
3: uh yeah it's coming home (laughs) that's it short and sweet let's get let's get out of here take care man take care guys
2: information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice
1: or recommendations under no circumstances will the owners operators or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its
0: contents